Seaside Stories, Wellington Access Radio, Kyoto, Wellington. It is a beautiful sunny afternoon. I'm going to roll into Newtown on my bicycle to chat with Katerina Gutierrez about an event happening this weekend. It's called Te Ara Te Piri Ki Poniki, or Open Streets Wellington. Uh, This event is all about walking and cycling and scooting and roller skating and all of the other ways that we get around. So I thought it's appropriate to ride my bicycle there. But I'll have to contend with something on my way which won't be allowed at the Open Streets event. Cars. Open Streets Wellington, or Teara Tapare Ki Poniki, is Sunday, October 28th for a half day from 9 to 1 p.m. in the afternoon. And it's an international event that's been hosted all over the world, and we're having our very first here in Wellington, where we're closing some of the major streets um, in the CBD and opening them up to the people to play and discover their city in a new way. Cool. Um, is It is an international sort of movement would you call it and and how did it come to be in Wellington is there a story behind that yeah so I said it's our first but it's the first one called open streets there was one called Seclovia before out in Shelley Bay and it was more cycling focused in that respect but like you said it is a international movement as such that's been started with some uh, by some urbanists overseas so people who are really interested in how people use the city Um, And what came about some of those conversations and some international speakers that have come to Wellington is just an interest within the council, which is great, into helping the citizens of Wellington explore what they really want in their city and engage with them in a whole new way. Neat. Okay, I'm going to come back to asking about what urbanist means, but um, just tell me more about open streets. Um, What what can we expect on the day? What's our experience going to be? Yeah, cool. So we're expecting the weather to be the weather that day. (laughs) Um, Unfortunately, we don't have a rain date because it's actually quite a complicated thing to close some streets in Wellington and open them to the public. So what you're expecting is some of the widest boulevards um, in the CBD, for example, Tedanaki Street or Dixon, or even Wakefield and Victoria Street to actually be closed from early in the morning till about mid-afternoon. And we have some activations set up along the route, but it's not anything in particular where you have to start in one end or end in another. You kind of just come into the street in your own way that you would just walking around on a, on a typical Sunday. But some of those activations will be things like um, people offering you test rides on e-bikes or boomerang bags that you can make or ways that you can decorate your scooter in a really reflective and fun way. Um, there'll be people playing tennis maybe in the street. There'll be people eating their lunch in the street. It's just really a way for you to decide, okay, if cars weren't here for one day, what would I actually do? Would I sit my butt right in the middle of Tedanaki intersection <laughs> and, you know, pretend that I'm a bus or something like that? Sure. It'd be really interesting to see what people do with it. Amazing. And how should I get there? So 
we're hoping that public transport is um, accessible and not costly that day. Let's put it that way. Um, but one of the ways you can get there is through, obviously, the trains. If you're coming in from another part of town, there'll be parking, obviously, in other areas of the CBD that day. But you're encouraged to bring, you know, your scooter, your skates, your skateboard, your bicycle, um, and arrive from the waterfront. So kind of the bookends that we're looking at in the street is Jesse Street in Tedanaki. So that's up by Briscoe's um, on Tedanaki Street. And then all the way down to um, Victoria Street and Hunter Street, which is where the New Zealand Police Department is located near the Wellington City Council Library. So kind of like by Civic Square is sort of one of the bigger areas in which there'll be activity, and that's sort of the bookends. And then it goes up through um, Cuba Mall and over to Dixon. You'll see the Rainbow Crossing, um, and it kind of goes and wiggles its way through the city that way. Awesome. Um, okay, you don't have to say, but is this a secret movement to try to have those streets permanently closed to cars so that pedestrians can start to take over? I don't think it is, actually, because some of those, like, it would be, near, in my mind, nearly impossible to close something so big as Tedanaki. But the beauty of it is, on that day, if it is closed, people get to do some amazing things there. However, things like Dixon Street, between Tedanaki and Cuba Mall on Dixon, or even up towards Willis in that point, it's really hard if you're not looking at a map right now, but imagine, you know, Dixon Street being closed off to traffic. And that seems like a more manageable place than, you know, someplace really big. So I'd say yes and no. It's like a place where we can explore those options and it just gives you a taste, but it won't happen with all of those streets. It would be nearly impossible. And it goes, okay, cool. If we close Victoria, then what what impact does it have on the surrounding areas? Mm. That's sort of the exploration, I think. From a traffic management perspective, that's the exploration we're, we're doing now. That's cool. Um, I, I have that thought experiment nearly everywhere I ride. What if there were no cars here? <laughs> so um, it'll be like the real experience of, of that thought. Yeah, exactly. I mean, to move cars out of this, out of certain places, I don't know, it's really funny. So, you know, when they were painting the Rainbow Crossing on Dixon, that road was closed to cars for a while because they needed to paint. And I walked down there one morning and I saw people still walking on the footpath. Like, it's such a habit for people to do that. Even though they knew there was no car around, there was no way to get around, and you know they didn't have to wait for a car to cross, for example. The behavior is still that, this is my habit, I'm gonna get on the footpath, this is where I belong. But like, that's such a, we've really trained our brain to think that way and it's unfortunate in some cases and I think it really gets fun when people get to explore a new way to use the road or the street or the footpath even. Okay. Do, do you know anything more about the, the that old um, that old street closing thing they used to do in Shelley Bay? Um, Seclovia, yeah. Yeah, Seclovia yeah, is also a movement um, for Sort of the same, in the same vein as open streets, mm -hmm. seeing how people use, you know, big parkways as a, as a means to get around. But it was primarily focused on bicycles and how bicycle people got around. And so it didn't really feel very friendly, one, to people who didn't ride a bike. Um, but also it was located in Shelley Bay, so it was just an, enough, it was far enough away that maybe not enough people wanted to go all the way there. And 
from my perspective, it felt like a bit of a pass off of saying, yeah, we'll have this really cool event and we'll shut down streets, but it's actually just not an important street in certain ways because mm-hmm. it's all the way out in Shelley Bay. Mm-hmm. Not that it's not an important street. It just meant it was easier for them to do. So yeah. I really love that council's taken the initiative and said, you know what? No, we're going to bring it into the CBD. We're going to make it open to everyone, not just people who ride a bike and talk about these streets in a living, breathing way. And it's not gonna just be the Golden Mile anymore. It's going to be places that we've never shut down before for anything like this. And um, is it like the same uh, people who came up and and nurtured Cyclovia are are also like influencing the council to try to get it into the CBD? Or are are there different people who've brought the idea um, forward to this new space? Mm, So, I think Seclovia also had a bit of an influence from Living Streets Aotearoa, so a lot of the pedestrian and walking advocates, um, which, you know, tend to have a different voice than cycling advocates as well. So I think there is an influence there happening. We had a we had a few international speakers come through Wellington in the last year or two that I think have had the ear of counselors, and it's just sort of this change of change of guard almost of people saying, let's explore what's actually possible in a new way and open up our minds to using the city in a different way. You know, Wellington's so unique in that a higher percentage of people walk um, to get around than any other city in New Zealand. And what if we actually encourage that a little more? Mm. So I think they're just becoming open to that, to that, um, that option. Yeah. Um, and these, sort of international influences that are sort of seeping in Wellington's adopting um is that what is that what sort of the urbanist movement is or how would you define that or say that that's related yeah um I think those speakers would consider themselves urbanists in that definition I, I don't know what the technical definition is but there are you know people who have studied this, how people use streets, how people use roads, how people use their cities in a very tactical way. And those are anywhere from, you know, high level architects and architecture firms, all the way to people who just are advocates and use the streets. They're designers, they're planners, they're urban people, they're citizens, Mm -hmm. and um, are starting to expose the fact that we have built cities for roads primarily. And it's time to to not do that anymore (laughs) and make it more accessible to people who want to get around in a different way and just have a choice to how you want to do that. If you want to push your child in a trolley to um, daycare or if you, you know, get around on a walker or a wheelchair, is it so accessible for you still? Maybe not. And what, what did we do wrong when we actually built this city? And can we, can we, can we redesign some places to make sure that people are engaging and connecting in a whole new way? Yeah. Um, so you make it sound very scientific and sort of tactical, but um, I, I, I suspect that it's influenced by a whole lot of goals and benefits that, that people are looking for in their cities. Um, can, can you talk about the, you know, sort of the flow on effects of just having more accessible streets? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't come from a technical background. I am simply a user of a street. Yeah. <laughs> um, I used to own a car until I owned until I moved back into the CBD, actually. And so um, once I did that, I also realized that I was walking a whole lot more to get around than just using my bike. So I've been known as more of a cycling advocate than anything. And now, you know, I get around in a whole 
new way use public transport and all that sort of stuff so there's the the flow on in that respect is yes there are technical people that need to do the technical things but the flow on being what happens when just a user explores how they get around and what's what does that feel like when we talk about like um, emotions and what does it feel like to get around your city are you intimidated by it or are you, do you feel safe do you feel welcomed do you feel connected to the people around you so to me that isn't a science as such or it doesn't feel as technical maybe but it matters and it's what we want to encourage people to to explore wow okay cool and also um i always in my mind i i'm 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 probably guilty of bringing this up too much on B-side stories, mm-hmm. but I think about um, the environmental effects and how uh, Wellington is trying to be more carbon neutral. And this is also, you know, this is also a contributor to sort of that side of the city. Hugely. I think we are, you know, we're faced with some really interesting times and you know, we could talk about the increase in fuel prices or we can talk about the change in weather and climate and its effect on that, but it's transport being one of the biggest ways that we contribute to some of those carbon outputs. So if we start using our car less, if we decide that we want electric vehicles or bicycles to be the way that we get around, you know, can we actually make an impact on saving planet Earth? Mm. Am I my vote is yes. I think we can absolutely do that. And I think there are a lot of people out there who totally believe the same thing. Great. Yes. Uh, yay, hope. Um, okay, what's your favorite way to get around? Um, I have a bicycle that I use to get around, and I don't know if it's my favorite. I think it depends on where I'm going. So I commute primarily by bicycle. On a really windy day, I'm actually quite intimidated by using my bicycle on the street on the road, excuse me, and sharing it with some cars on major intersections and (laughs) roadways that are quite intimidating. So in those cases, even if it's a really windy or rainy day, I tend to walk. I don't live too far from, I work in Newtown, I live on the terrace. And so that walk is quite enjoyable. I get to go over the War Memorial Pukiahu Park, which I was walking through the other day and thought, oh my gosh, I remember when this was just the state highway. This was just the motorway and it didn't look anything like this. And like, thank God they've put this here because it's so much more enjoyable to walk around. So yeah, it's pretty much my preference now. Yeah. Um, Also, that's like opposite of like everybody else commuting. You're going the other way. Yeah, I am going that. I do get to see a lot of cyclists come down like from Newtown to the basin and things. And so I see all my friends all the time and we're just ringing our bells and waving at each other all the time. It's really fun. Like that makes the trip to work a lot more enjoyable. Yeah. Cool. Um, how did you how did you become a bicycle person? <laughs> Almost by necessity at that point. I um, <laughs> it was so many many years ago before I moved to New Zealand. I lived in very cycling friendly cities like Portland, Oregon, in the United States, and um, I didn't own a car at that point. I was traveling and doing work all around the place, and so I didn't need a car. Um, I more just needed a way to get from point A to point B in, in very concentrated cities. New York being another example where you ride a bike or you use a subway quite a lot. Mm-hmm. So um, by nature, I started just riding a bike more. When it became to how to become an advocate, I realized there were um, really great people who were influencing um, sort of 
influencing me especially, but influencing others within councils and big business on getting things like bike share into a city. So, you know, we've seen bike share come to, to Wellington. Well, I was there in Atlanta and in New York and in Portland when those landed five years ago. And that was really cool to see, like how we could transform some of our streets into places where people were sharing um, a really unique way to get around that, you know, tended to be only focused on, um, you know, people buying their own personal bike. But this was now about sharing a mode of transport, which is really cool. Um, yeah. So you're talking about the Onzo bikes? I am talking about Onzo bikes here in Wellington. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there any early indications on how, how it's going? I've seen a lot of those sort of yellow, yellow frames uh, wheeling around, and I've also seen them in some pretty odd places. But <laughs> I don't know. Have you got any inside scoop on how it's going? Yeah, it sounds like it's really positive, which is fantastic. I mean, we've had a really good swell of good weather here, which tends to make people want to get out and then get on a bike, which is cool. <laughs> um, some things that I, you know, I know will come and certainly will get some attention are the use of them on footpaths, the use of um, people not using their helmets, for example, or where they park them. So like you've already pointed out, finding them in some odd places. And that's going to happen with a dockless system. The beauty is um, more people are riding their bike than ever before, riding a bike more than ever before. And that's something we should definitely be encouraging. I think, um, you know, one of the new trends in, in the States, especially with bike share is like having an indicated place where it's recommended for you to park the bike as opposed to having a docked system where you have to return it to a special place. There are, you know, stencils we can put near existing bike parking to encourage people to put the bike there. As a as a keen cyclist and an advocate myself, I always do like I'm always looking for parking to put it near because I know that's what's recommended. I know not everybody knows that, but like it's my job to to, to follow the rules in those respects so that it does become a successful pilot mm -hmm. and so that Wellington adopts it as a, a bigger project, hopefully more bikes and maybe e-bikes at that point when the pilot is over. So there, you know, I used it this weekend. It was really cool. I didn't want to take my bike down from my staircase on the terrace. And I was like, oh, well, I need to get across town really quickly. And it was so simple to use the app and just pick up a bike and go. And I was already, you know, on my way. So I love that. I think that's really great to encourage something like that. And I think I'm seeing signs of it becoming a really successful pilot already. Nice. Oh, that's great. I, um, I was chatting to some people um, about an unrelated bike share system, but um, they talked to me about how when a bike share entered their city in, in another place, an international city, it totally changed their perception of like, how hard it was to get to different places or how far <laughs> away things were because all of a sudden it became really easy to get to the other side of town um and i just think i think it's cool i hope that the bike share works out and i hope that it's like you know good functional for wellington and like encourages people to ride yeah. i'm sure the more they ride um the more infrastructure there will be for them the more exactly. bikes will be for everyone exactly yeah i think my final comment on that is that there are going to be more infrastructure projects this summer now than any summer we've seen. So mm -hmm. we're talking about seven to eight cycleways that are having some work done to them, and they're either starting or finishing before Christmas, which means a summer full of riding. And that's a perfect time to launch a bike share scheme. And so I think it's really 
opportunistic of you know Wellington Council to say this is something we want to encourage. So, um, like you said, you've got friends or you know people who've experienced it overseas, and that's that's great. It goes now. What does it mean for Wellington, and what? Wellington's unique touch to it mm-hmm. and that will be that will be the really interesting thing to see at the end of the pilot um, can I ride my onzo down the street at the uh, open streets event yes 100% <laughs> I'm hoping there's like a gang of them like all 200 show up at this thing which would be really cool <laughs> yeah. um, okay uh, I would love to hear you sell open the open streets event a little bit more if there's any like special booths or um, uh, special organizations representing there. I'd love to hear about it. Cool. So first sell, it's free. (laughs) So um, a free event is always something that a lot of families especially are looking for free, cheap things, affordable things to do with the family. It's very family friendly. So, you know, there will be safe spaces to try a whole lot of things like I've never personally been on a scooter before, and so this is my first opportunity to see if anybody's willing to lend me their scooter and try it on a road for the first so, time. That, that's just a normal push scooter. Yeah, I've never even tried one of those. <laughs> like, I think my generation, or like the suburb I grew up in, we just had bikes, and then we kind of graduated right into cars yeah. at that point. So yeah. if somebody has a scooter for me to borrow that day, that would be awesome. You're going to have to ask like a school cho- a school child to show you how it's done. <laughs> yeah, exactly, which would be really cool. Then you're connecting with uh, a generation or a group of people that you wouldn't before. Another thing I'm really looking forward to is the Tereo Māori language area. So that'll be in Te Teatro Park, um, which is on Dixon, Dixon Street, um, kind of near the Mainers bus interchange area. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a few groups there that are going to be uh, sharing some, you know, keywords to learn in Tereo Māori or some phrases to learn and doing uh, flower like hair crowns and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, this is a really creative thing to do. And I've certainly, you know, one of my goals is to learn a few more words, just get my vocabulary up. So what a great opportunity to do that. Um, The other thing is I haven't had an opportunity to put my bike on a bus rack. And so the Greater Wellington Regional Council is bringing a bus, several, I think two buses actually down with bike racks on front on the front of them so I can actually try what it's like to put a bike on a rack instead of the first time doing it the first time is in traffic or like during a bus stop and it's all very stressful Mm -hmm. and hectic so I'm looking forward to that and then um, there's going to be a few races Uh, bicycle junction is going to be sponsoring a few um, bike thingies Um, they're keeping it kind of top secret at this point and what's going to happen on like the corner of Guzni and Tedaneki but there's a few um, sort of races and prizes that I'm looking forward to participating in. And especially down Tedaneki, like if you think of the the number of lanes that are on that street, plus the median, plus the parking, and if there's no cars along that, that's like six lanes that we're talking about. And that's a significant avenue yeah. that I really look forward to just kind of standing in the middle of and looking up at the buildings from a new perspective and saying, oh, I'm not just crossing the road right now. Like I can just lay down right here. <laughs> this would be cool. Yeah. Oh, that sounds great. Um, okay, is this going to be the, the first of many for sort of this type of event? Yeah, I think so. I think um, success in this case looks like a lot of people participating in a lot of different ways, so some diversity and some variety as to what's 
what you can do to participate. Um, and I, I think council really likes this one and I, I wanna see it as part of kind of one of the key note events in a larger Biketober. So Biketober's um, an event that's hosted in two other major cities in New Zealand, in Christchurch and, and in Auckland. And it's a month full of bike events. And this is one, I think, that would really lend itself to the whole month of activities. Mm -hmm. So it kicks off the summer in like a really fun way, too. So um, I would hope that, you know, this is just one of many that we'll see in the coming years. This sounds great. Uh, I can't wait to take over the street. Thanks for chatting to me. Thanks for having me.